Well, good morning. Good to see y'all here this morning. Uh, I'm not sure about you, but this time of the year just gets harder and harder to get out of bed. And so I appreciate y'all for managing today and uh, getting out. It's a, it's a good time of the year, though, and so I appreciate you being here. Today we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 7, going to 11, continuing on in this series in 1 Peter. And, uh, you know, we're about a month uh, we've got about a month of this left, and then we're going to, if you can believe it, we're going to be moving into Christmas season. Uh, and so, listen, no cheers are needed over there, okay? So, I know some of you are more excited about Christmas than others. And uh, All right, anyway, uh, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we give you thanks for the day. We thank you so much for the many blessings that you've given to us. And, Thank you for your love and kindness and generosity. I thank you for this church and their love for you, their, their willingness to come and, and worship you. I, I thank you for uh, just the, the grace that you give us, the mercy that is bestowed upon us every day. And Father, I just I thank you for this church, their love for you. I just am so grateful to be the pastor, and uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to preach your word here today. I recognize, Lord, that, that I need your grace. And so, Lord, if you would, forgive me my sin and Cleanse me of the unrighteousness that is in my life and give me the grace that is, that is needed to preach your word in a way that brings honor and glory to your name, in a way that brings sinners to repentance and believers into a time of renewal and the relationship with you. Lord, I, I recognize that there may be people here today that may be struggling, that may be going through a hard time, or maybe they're even questioning their faith or questioning uh, what they're doing here. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would give them clarity today of what you're doing in their life and who you are and their relationship with you. I pray, Lord, if someone is, is just struggling and needs their cup filled, I, I pray, Lord, that you would allow for that to be this time to be a time where that happens. I pray for the person that's here today that has never put their faith and trust in you. Maybe they've been coming to church their entire life. Maybe this is their first Sunday. Maybe they thought they were a believer, but maybe the day, Lord, you penetrate their heart, you pierce their, their heart, and you allow for them to see truly who they are in relationship to you. Lord, if, if that would be the case, if somebody today would, for the very first time, admit that they're a sinner, believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and confess Christ as Savior and Lord, we would give you all the honor and all the glory. We, we recognize, Lord, that that comes from you. That's not something that I can do, but rather that's something that only you can do. And so, Father, I, we would just ask that you would work and move in this place at this time, and that you would receive honor and glory for all that takes place here today. This is about you, Lord. We have come to worship you. May we do so in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. There are, there are certain seasons uh, that you find yourself in a position to, to capitalize on, on certain things. And, you know, like maybe it's a, a financial investment. As, when you're young, you, uh, you want to start investing in your retirement, right? I mean, that's something like you, you don't want to wait till you're an old man to do that. You want to you do it. You want to start when you're young. And if you 
you have questions about that, don't talk to your pastor. You're like, you want to talk to a parent or a financial advisor and, and ask about compounding interest. And, and all, you can just learn a lot from somebody like that. And you, you learn that, hey, you want to do that when you're young. And if you do, like the, the benefits of investing just a little bit of money each and every month will just be very, very helpful for you later in life. Uh, there, there are seasons, right? I mean, there are like, if it's harvest season right now for farmers, this is their, their time where they get to reap the, the benefits of all of their hard work. And uh, a, few, a few months ago, it was gardening season. I mean, you guys ever, do you guys garden? You know, it's always, it's now the right time to pick this corn or you, do you wait a little bit longer? I, I remember an old farmer one time, he would let me go and he would pick, I could go to his farm and I could pick corn. He would plant it with his planter and he would just, you know, go, you know, different times throughout the year you could go and you could just pick sweet corn off the cob and I'd always that when's a good time to pick I mean when's the when's the best time and he would say like listen the the silks need to be on that cob for for three weeks and I'm like well how does that how do you know that like I'm not out there every day looking at corn you know what I mean he goes well he goes if it turn if the silks turn brown it's a good time that's when that's the best time right and so like there are there are times when it's it's right to harvest, it's, it's prime time to capitalize, right? In, in life, there are seasons in which things are expected of you. And there, there are other times when it's not expected of you. You know, if you, young men, if you're dating a girl, your mother is never going to ask you, well, when am I going to have grandkids? You know, I mean, she's like, that's not the time, right? But you marry that girl, and within six months, your mama's going to be asking you, when am I going to get grandkids, right? And so, like, that's, like, it's expected of you. Like, your mom expects you to produce her some grandkids. Like, that's just one of those saints. But there are seasons for that. It, Solomon even says this in, in Ecclesiastes. There's a, a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to, to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, a time to, to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search, a time to give up, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to mend, a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. In our passage of Scripture for today, Peter is saying that this is a new season, that a new season is even coming, and the, the spiritual disciplines that practice the practice of spiritual disciplines will help you that they'll help you to love others they'll help you to serve others for the glory of God verse 7 reads the end of all things is near therefore be serious and disciplined for prayer I'm from the school that if you if you're going to do something, you need to do it well. And don't waste your time doing it halfway. You need to do it to the best of your ability. When you're young, you, you kind of, you don't mind wasting your time doing something that you're not very good at. You know, I spent 10 years trying to be a golfer and I realized this is dumb. You know what I mean? Like I'm wasting my money. I'm wasting my time. And, uh, you know. It's just one of those sayings like, hey, I got better things to do with my time than give some guy's golf balls back. You know what I mean? And so, like, I just, 
But you get, the more precious time becomes. And you realize, like, I, I only got so much of this stuff, right? And there's going to be a time when I don't have any more time left. You ever realize, I got an old man in my church back in Indiana. He goes, I, I woke up one day and my boy became a man. And I realized I don't, I don't have a few years left with him in my house. And I, I don't want to spend all my time working overtime on Saturday. I want to go do stuff with him. There, there's, there are seasons, right? There, there are times when you realize, hey, I got only so much of this left. That's what Peter is saying here. Like, hey, listen, there's going to be a time when all this is going to come to an end. I mean, the church is facing heavy persecution here, and he realizes that some of them, they're not going to see a whole lot of time. They're, they're, it's limited. And friends, I really do think this passage is talking about the, the, the end of all time, but I think it also, I mean, like the reality is, I think Peter understands that some of them aren't going to even see that. Like it's, it's like their, their time is very, very limited. Some of them are going to die because of their faith. And he says here, don't waste that time that you have. Take the resources that you have and be prepared. There's a, there's a difference between investing in your future and being selfish. There's a difference between financial wisdom and greed an unwillingness to, to care for other people. Is there, if you look at Scripture, is there ever a time when the, the return of Christ isn't promised? I mean, we all, I mean it, it all points to that direction, right? And, and we know this about Scripture. We know this about, about history, about the, I mean, about the world. And yet, I mean, like we're, it's never told it to us, hey, go sit on your hands and do nothing. Rather, it's, it's told of us to go, therefore, and proclaim the gospel. Like our responsibility, our, our job is to go and to make disciples, knowing full well that, hey, our time is limited. Don't be selfish with it. Don't be greedy with your resources. Don't be, be faithful with the time that you have. Be faithful with the resources that you have. Peter's saying be wise, be disciplined. Discipline takes work, though. It, takes, it requires something of you. Instead of being greedy, instead of being lazy, instead of being undisciplined with the time that you have left, be disciplined. Be faithful. Be serious. So instead of that, Instead of being greedy, instead of being lazy, instead of being undisciplined, instead of what do you do with the time that you have left? Peter gives us four different things in the next four verses, alternatives to being lazy and being undisciplined. Listen to what he says in verse 8. Above all, maintain an intense love for each other since love, covered, since love covers a multitude of sins. Peter says that the most important thing that you can do above all else, maintain an intense love for each other. The word intense means eager, fervent, earnest. This is agape love. It's not, you know, brotherly love. This is the type of love that God has for each and every one of us. And it's a type of love that we are supposed to have for each and every one of 
I mean, it's, Peter says here, listen, maintain the type of love that God has for you. What type of love does God have for you? It's forgiving. It's, it's, it's slow to anger. It's merciful. It's unconditional. No matter what happens, God loves you. It is an unconditional type of love. And Peter says this is the type of love that we're to have with one another. It's a love that covers a multitude of sins. When you love someone like this, you are willing to look past their imperfections. And some of you have a lot of imperfections, all right? And it takes this type of love to put up with you. One of the commentators that I read this week said, clearly Peter is con- concerned with the acts of kindness. He wants you to, to show your love for one another. It's not just saying it. He wants, to, he wants you to see it. He wants other people to see that you have love for them. Gary Chapman um, wrote in his book, the, the Five Love Languages, that you can perform acts of kindness by doing something that your partner doesn't enjoy. You can do something that's easy for you but hard for them. You can make their day easier by doing something for them in the morning, like making them coffee or breakfast or ironing their shirt or, you know, washing the dishes or feeding the dog or taking the trash. I mean, there's something that you can do that's just an easy task to make it. I realize that Gary's talking about, you know, love relationships, but, I mean, the same type of principles can be true of any other type of relationship, can they not? I mean, these principles, can you not... Be patient with one another. Can you not be nice to somebody? Can you not perform acts of kindness to your brothers and sisters in Christ? Of course you can. In our pastors of Scripture, Peter is saying the biggest act of service that you can provide for your community of faith is to love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Second thing that he says that you can do is to be hospitable to one another without complaining. Some of you are like, man, I think I'll just love somebody instead of being hospitable. You know, like that's easier. I can take out the trash. I can, you know, but if you want me to be hospitable, that means I have to welcome them into my home. I've got to feed them. I've got to be kind. I mean, it's, can I just take out the trash? That sounds a lot easier. <laughs> Change their oil, fix their tire. Like I can do that kind of stuff. That's easy. During this era, during this time of history, there were hotels on every downtown corner. People would come into town, especially people of faith, and there was an expectation for those of faith to welcome them into their home, to welcome them, to feed them, and to not complain. And this is true not only of the church during this era, but even prior to the people of God, the Jewish folks, the Jewish people would have to were required there. This was an expectation. If you remember the story of, of Job, he said, God, look at my character. He was, the, the stranger does not have to sleep on the streets on my watch. I mean, he would say, listen, the, the, I, I provide charity. I provide, protect, I provide protection for the weary traveler. I mean, they couldn't call a travel agent friend. They couldn't get on travelvelocity.com and, and find a hotel for the cheapest price. They, had to, they, they traveled and they, they hoped they could find someone. 
over the past couple of years, as being the pastor of this church, I, I've had, we've had a lot of different speakers come in, uh, worship leaders that would come in, and, and they, would, they would speak here at the church, or they would lead an event, men's retreat, women's retreat, senior adult day, you know. And, uh, and every time I invite somebody to come in, I'd say, listen, I'll give you an option. You can, you can either stay at the, the Fairfield Inn, or you can sleep in someone's home in the church. Everyone but one has chosen the Marriott. <laughs> why is that? I mean, why, why, why are so many people, Christian brothers and sisters, much more interested in the hotel room than someone's home? You ever think about that? What's that say about us? I, I mean, I, I know as a guest speaker, it's a, it's a risk. Uh, I'd rather play it safe, take a chance. But, I mean, you're taking the chance of saying, hey, listen, I, I, I'd rather be alone than meet a new friend. I'd rather have some privacy than help somebody out, possibly. I'd rather eat alone than eat with a fellow believer. I mean, I don't know about that. If I can just be honest with you, I think I might choose the Marriott. You know, I mean, if I can just be honest with you, I mean, it just, if somebody gave me that choice, that chance, maybe I might. It's easier, less risky, it's safe. You know, I don't, I, my sister works for Marriott. You know, I, I don't got nothing against Marriott. I get a lot of discounts going to the Marriott hotel and uh, love the Marriott. Really, I do. But, you know, I, I don't remember a whole lot of people that work at Marriott, except for my sister, of course. But in 2003, I was on, in Alaska, and I spent two months in someone's home, me and another summer missionary. And uh, for two months, this family, Jackie and Merle Jones, loved us as if we were their own two sons. Provided us with shelter, with food. I mean, they fed us the best. I mean, I gained like 10 pounds that summer, you know, and like I just, they loved us and cared for us as if we were their own. I can't say enough good things about them. And and I can't, I can't tell you a time I've gone on a mission trip where I'm like, I've regretted sleeping in someone's home. I, I remember in, in India in 2006, I slept on a five foot mattress that was probably that thick. It was dirty on a dirt floor. And I, I wouldn't have traded spending the time with Abishak and Kenny for our room at the Ritz. 
the, the value of just being in their apartment so much far greater than the comfort of a warm bed, of a clean shower, of a nice desk. Peter's saying here, listen, there's value in your relationships. There's value in in loving your neighbor, your brother and your sister. Welcome them into your home. Don't complain about it. Appreciate it. How many of us make it a, a priority in our life to welcome people into our home? to be hospitable, to be a friend, to care for one another. Peter wanted the church to offer hospitality, food, shelter to traveling Christians. It's not that hard. It's not that hard for us to do. Most of us have an abundance of food an abundance of chairs to sit on. Verse 10, the third thing that we can do with the time that we have left is based on the gifts each one of us has received, use it to serve others as good managers of the varied grace of God. Peter says, steward the gift that God has given to each of us to serve others. Each one of us has a spiritual gift that God has given to us through his grace. It's something that we didn't have before accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Like it didn't, like, listen, let me tell you something. Like I could not preach to save a lick. I couldn't speak. Like many of you, like, like I would rather die than get up on the stage and say anything, Pastor Jeff. And that's where I was at. I, I was sharing this week with a, a young seminary student, like in 2004, January, July 4th, 2004, I preached my very first sermon and I did, a, I did a, an okay job, okay? For the next five years, I preached probably a dozen sermons, and they were all terrible. I mean, like, horrible, bad. And I, one time I preached at a church, Northwood Baptist Church in Sullivan, Indiana, and the deacon of the church said, is everything okay, Pastor Jeff? Like, like that's what he asked me. Like, it's not what you want to hear after you preach, but, like, it was, just wasn't good, Okay. And like, I struggled with it and I struggled with it. And I'm like, I don't want to do this ever again. And yet, like, the Lord has called me to do it. He's asked me to do it. He's commanded me to do it. And he's given me the ability to do it. And the reality is, is that God has given you the ability to do something. And many of you are like, man, I don't want to do that. Give me something else, Lord. But God said, no, this is your job. This is your task. I've given you the grace, the ability to do something. God God's grace is God doing something for you that you can't do on your own. You can't do it by yourself, but God has given you the ability to do it. That doesn't mean you can sit back and say, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be perfect at this. I, I got the ability. I'm not going to steward that gift at all. I'm just going to rely. No, you've got to be able to steward it. You've got to be able to take good care of it. Like I went to seminary. I got an education. I I continue to do it. I continue to do it. Like every, every Sunday afternoon, every Monday morning, I look back and I watch my sermon. It's like, man, that was bad. That was bad. I need to fix this, do this better. And each one of us has given, God has given us the ability to do something for him. Romans 12, we talked about it in our Bible study last week. For each of us, Paul says, 
have one body with many members, and these members do not, all, do not all have the same function. So it is in Christ we, through many form one body, each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace that God has given to each of us. God has given you the grace you need to perform the task that he's called you to. Are you being a good steward of that gift? Some of you are absolutely, like it amazes me how smart you are. Uh, I mean, you have a brilliant mind. Some of you have a brilliant heart. Some of you have the ability to serve and to be humble and kind and to love. Some of you have compassion that just amazes me. Knowledge that's just set apart. If God has given you a gift, don't wait. Don't waste the time that he's given you. The time that you have is just as precious as the gift that you have. Don't waste that time. Don't waste that gift. Be faithful today, not tomorrow, not in a month from now, not next year, not when you get all of your ducks in a row. Be faithful now. Now is the time. Now is the opportunity that you have to put that to use. Do it. The church needs you to do it, friends. The body of Christ expects you. It, it only can flourish and function if you do it. Don't waste this time. The final alternative to doing nothing with the time that God has given to you is in verse 11. If anyone speaks, it should be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, it should be the strength of God that God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ and everything. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Peter and Paul, they say a lot in common. Um, Peter says something similar in 1 Corinthians 10. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do for the glory of God. I want you to turn to, to Luke, if you would. Turn with me to Luke chapter 12. We're going to close here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, 12. Jesus has a man that comes for him from the crowd and he says to him, teacher, my brother... Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Friend, he said to him, Who anointed me a judge or an arbitrator over you? He then told them, Watch out and be on guard against all greed, because one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. Then he told him a parable. A rich, man, a rich man's land was very productive. 
he thought to himself, what should I do since I, have been, since I don't have anywhere to store my crops? I will do this, he said. I will tear down my barns and I will build bigger ones and store all my grain and my goods there. And then I will say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life is demanded of you. And the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? And this is how it is with the one who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. Friends, I, I don't know the time that you have left. I, I don't know the, the resources that you have. I, it's not for me to know and it's not for me to care. Honestly, I would rather not know. Um, but what I, what I don't want to see is for you to waste the time that you have, for you to waste the resources that you have. I don't want you to waste the gifts that God has given to you. This is an opportunity in our service for you to, to look inwardly at your life, at yourself, at your resources, at your gifts, at maybe at your own mortality. I did, I did two funerals this week. I had a, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, former neighbor, his son passed away yesterday, unexpectedly, college student. I don't know how much time you have left. We, none of us do, friends. The awkward thing about a funeral is that any one of us could be there in that box next, you know? And this church dealt with that on a daily basis. The reality is that their time is very limited. And Peter's word to them is, hey, don't waste it. Whatever time that you have left, spend it wisely. Whatever resources that you have, use them wisely. Whatever gifts that God has given to you, use them wisely. Whatever love that you have within your heart, love others. Friends, God has richly bestowed upon us the greatest gift that he has in his son, Jesus Christ. Agape love, that's the, the love that he has for us and that's the love that we are to have for other people. Like God has not held back his love. He has showered us with his love. He's showered us with his son, Jesus Christ, and he has given us the best that he has. He loves you. Jesus Christ died on the cross because he loves you, friends. Don't waste that gift. Don't waste, I mean, is that, is that too much? Is that too harsh of a message for you today? That God loves you? And he expects you to do the same for other people. Friends, if you're here today and you've never accepted, never experienced that love, don't let this opportunity pass you by. It's worth it. It's wonderful. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for your love, for your kindness, for your generosity. Lord, I pray that today, as we conclude our service, that you would just allow for us to, to hear a message from you. 
However it is, Lord, that you are speaking to us today, I pray that you would allow for us to hear from you. Hear that message, hear the word, hear the the proclamation that you have for us today. Father, I I pray that this is a, a missed opportunity. I pray, Lord, that we would just allow for just a moment to hear from you. A moment to respond. Lord, penetrate our heart today and allow for us to know your will for our life. We don't know, Lord. You don't give us a 50-foot view, a 50,000-foot view of our life, and we don't get to see what the end looks like. But I pray that today you would help us to understand what the next step looks like, that you would give us the grace that we need to, to be faithful with the next thing. May that be true not only of the congregation that's here today, but even true of my own life. Give me the grace, Lord to be the man that you called me to be, to do the things you've called me to do. Lord Jesus, we love you. I pray all these things in your name. Amen.